again everyone and welcome to the show this is episode two of the conversation with sky women women who have fallen victim to various kinds of scams online and in some instances some of these women have lost millions if you think that you may be immune to being scammed you may want to listen up and hear these stories don't go away we'll be right back And welcome back. I'm your host, Bridgette Limbanda. Sky Women is an NPO formed by Louise Haynes, who researched various forms of online scams for the last three years. And one of its key focuses is education and empowerment. She discovered that the victim selected scammers. Um, by scammers are generally single, they are middle-aged ladies, and they are often business women, professional women. The scam artists are professionals themselves, and they have a very thorough selection process for their victims. They have access to spyware, they often disguise the accent, they use fake profiles, and they steal the identities of others. They come across as being extremely genuine, sincere, and always have a high-profile profession. My guest at, for today is Madeleine Gomez. Madeleine is an ex-director of a top 10 company for 20 years. She's an executive business and mindset coach and a doctor in metaphysical science, as well as a public speaker of creating a mindset for the future. Madeleine is passionate about assisting people at all levels with their self-development process to create success in their personal and business lives, to eliminate the potential repeat cycles of struggle, poverty, illness and relationship problems. She works closely with leaders to create an individual relationship leadership brand that serves their desired outcomes. So let me welcome on screen and introduce you to Madeleine Gomez. Madeleine, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Brigetti. Good to have you. So Madeleine, you have been a victim of cyber crime. Can you tell us about it? What happened? How did it happen? I've been a victim of actual criminal, um, uh, how can I say, it's an organized syndicate that uh, targets businesses and I became a victim of that. It's a little bit different um, from the life syndicate where mine is real people around us. Um, what happened to me is I had a very successful business in Natal um, supplying transport or truck drivers to transport companies doing their full HR function for them and managing their staff for them for 20 years successfully. Uh, I got aware of that there was something wrong with one of the managers that worked for me for about a year, but I couldn't actually place my finger on it. And it eventually turned out that he was on the payroll already for that year, ciphering information out of my company. 
Um, to cut a long story short, it was a two-year fight, legal battle with them, um, because when I, he, it, life was just looking after me, I believe. He was caught for drunken driving, my manager, and I had to dismiss him. And with this dismissal, all this, the washing actually came out because all of a sudden they lost the person that they paid for, for information in my company, number one. And now they're not sure what's going to happen to them because there's no information to them anymore. And he wasn't sure how much I know, don't know. What I didn't know at that stage is it went on for a year already, maybe longer. What I also didn't know, it was organized by a man that I met 10 years before that time in a romantic relationship. I wasn't very happy with him. Uh, over a period of two to three years, he on numerous times tried to infiltrate my business and take it away from me until I broke off with him in total. It was organized by him. He was part of an organized crime syndicate in South Africa. And, um, and that's how they planned it. So they were a bit more target oriented in the sense of they moved, they built a house across the road from me where I lived so that they could have my movements in their eye all the time. They stayed very close to me without me knowing. Only afterwards when we went through what happened and what I've been through that we realized that I was actually watched easily a year before the time, if not longer, to, to catch up with my movements. They joined the same social groups. They joined the same networking groups in business. Everything I did was basically copied so that I could really know and understand my life. Um, I was targeted via uh, my cell phone. My cell phone was tapped. I could even hear them in the background. So it was done so openly. My emails were basically um, hacked in and they sent viruses. I paid my salaries on a Thursday, and which was crucial. We couldn't actually pay late or we could not not pay because these people worked the whole week and they got paid weekly. And it was the crux of my business is to pay the people on time, my employees and they would send a virus on a Thursday morning to my computers and it would wipe everything out. Luckily, we made backups and we were aware of what they were doing. But as we investigated them and as they followed me on the road and I took registration numbers down and we started to investigate this group, we could put the, the group together and go into the crux of it. And um, there's a lot of detail involved in it. The man that was behind it was in the life insurance companies first. He was a life insurer um, selling life insurance. And he tried a couple of times for my staff to buy life insurance from him, even promising me a cut for every person who died on this payroll. And I refused and I had meetings with my staff and said, please don't do it because we've got um, bargaining council and I've got life insurance included there already and it just doesn't sound right to me. So there were a couple of times that he tried to home in that way and we could put all of these legs together and build up the information on the group. What happened to my son and myself is uh, we were not safe at home. I had to put on 12 cameras around my house to basically keep an eye on us and that didn't stop them at all. Um, they were 
they had friends in the legal circles. So I tried to get protection order. I tried to go to court. I complained with photos, with affidavits, with information, with proof, with ev evidence, with everything. Didn't work. By the time I got to court, I either got to my lawyers. My lawyers, I could see in front of me, they were not even on my side anymore. They didn't fight for me. Um, they would open false cases against me every time I go and ask for protection. It got so bad that my case was postponed for 12 times in court, my main case against them. And in, in the meantime, they made cases, false cases against me. So it was just money running out into legal fees all the time. Never mind the psychological effect it had on me. And eventually, I just got a message from somebody to say they're going to um, grab my child um, for a ransom. And that's when I decided I cannot live like that. Nothing's worth my child's everything to me. And um, we left our home with our furniture, everything as it is. I closed my company and I moved away for safety. So the police wasn't of any assistance to you. And even and to this day, as we speak now, is there any investigation? Um, have you had any kind of assistance? No. When I came to Cape Town, I noticed the main um, player again in Cape Town, in the centre close to me. And I went straight to the police and we did get a protection order on him. Second time around, I got one in Durban without knowing I'm going to move to Cape Town. So otherwise, we would have done it countrywide and we didn't. And then in Cape Town, I noticed him again following me. So um, the police in Cape Town was amazing. And they acted immediately and they got me a protection order on this one specific person. But um, no. The police were not really a great help, although they all said to me I'm not safe at all, but they can't do anything for me because unless they really do physical harm to me, there's nothing they can do. Um, they warned me and they said they're aware of the group, they are dangerous, but there's nothing they can do. Until they literally physically harm me, there's nothing they can do. So it was more a psychological rundown that they played on me, which actually eventually worked because I got so tired, you know, to look I had to look after my son at that stage where he was young and I didn't want to bring him into this picture and upset his life too much, although I knew we were in danger. I was I am a woman on my own. Um, I looked after my mother financially, my family. I had a huge staff complement to look after and keep them happy. And then I had, of course, my clients. Then my business was my bread and butter. My clients knew about it because this same group approached my clients and gave me affidavits about it. So they knew what was happening. They knew what was going on. But there wasn't much they could do. And eventually I had to go and see them all and say, listen, I'm sorry, I don't know what to do anymore. I am not safe. Um, it's getting worse. It's not getting better. I do not get the protection from the law that I should get. And there's nothing more I can do unless they kill me or they grab my son or they do literally do harm to us. Nobody wants to believe me. So there's nothing more I can do. And I can't find the right legal team that's not being, I don't know what they say behind my back or what they said and discussed or whether money change hands, I don't know. Um, but my legal team would be from the beginning when I met with them, they would say, we're on board, we're going to protect you, this is nonsense, we can see what is going on. And until they meet the other legal team and then we get to court and then nothing happens. 
I mean, one legal team even signed my rights away to protect myself. And um, it, I've, I've been through horrific disappointments when it came to the law and to legal teams. So I had no option than to close my business, basically cut my income immediately, move away, leave my home. They interfered in my home thereafter. Um, I had rentals in there, they interfered with them. It was just an ongoing harassment, no end. So it was just a psychological war from beginning to end. So Madeleine, doing some introspection, um, looking back at your experience, because hindsight is always an amazing thing. Mm. Do you think there's anything you could have done differently to avoid it escalating to the extent that it did? I often looked at it and I often asked myself the question. I still ask myself the question today. Um, I, I, to be quite honest, there's nothing more I could have done. Whether I, I, I they were, there was no way that I could not defend myself or could not fight back. I defended myself as much as the law allowed me to. Um, I did what the law stipulated one should do when you're in a situation like that. So there was nothing more I could do about that. Um, even if I moved away earlier, it would make no difference. Um, they were off to my company. They would have, I believe they wanted to use my company as a front. And um, they planned it out. And I also believe that they paid money out for information. And now all of a sudden, they're not going to get the results they wanted for what they paid or what they've been promised or what they probably promised to others. And so they were also in big trouble. Um, so it was escalation of a whole lot of bad things happening all at the same time. Um, I don't know, to be quite honest, I heard of other people who went through the same, probably the same group. Um, they, they come from a different area and um, continue with their action. Uh, I made peace with it. I'm at the point now where I just decided to let go. There's nothing more I can do about it. What happened, happened. It's, it uh, took me four years literally to get through the emotions of bitterness, of hatred, of uh, questioning God. And I really went through the dark night of my soul questioning everything in my life, everything that's got purpose or that I thought had purpose, you know, all of a sudden I lost it all and I thought, what happened here? And I think any experience like this will take you to the dark, deep side of your soul and you're going to ask questions. I'm especially because I'm in metaphysics. I want to understand. I want to know. I need to understand to let go. But I also came to realize we don't always understand in our, our level. I'm totally at peace where I'm at at the moment. I am not the same person anymore. I am a much deeper, wiser person. I'm very much aware of what's going on around me. I was a bit naive at that stage and naive about people. And I had a very narrow focus and that is basically to build a successful business and live my life. I had a very private, private life. And, um, so there's a lot of good that came out of it for me at the end. It took me four years to see that and to make the transition from bitterness and hate and blaming myself. That's actually the biggest 
um, thing I think we all do when we go through a, a bad experience like this is you keep on asking yourself, what did you do wrong? What should you have done differently? Should you not have spoken to different people or other people, not trusted these, you know? You keep on blaming yourself. And then I met the most amazing person in a coffee shop one day. We started to talk and he is doing hypnotherapy and he's a public speaker. And we were talking about my experience and what I experienced and all the losses that I had and how difficult it was for me at this stage, basically, to rebuild my life from literally nothing. And, um, and, I said, and he asked me and he said to me, when you think back, what is the biggest um, emotion that comes up in you when you think about your experience? How do you feel about it? And I said, I just feel like I let myself down. I've always been such a strong person. I come from a background where from a young age, I've, I had to survive and I had to look after other people and take care of others much older than me. So I always, I was such a strong person and I was so in charge of me and my life. And I feel I let myself down by just making the decision to leave my home and just to literally run away. And he looked at me and he said to me that day, he said, Malayne, when you look at the story that you're telling me, uh, I see it as being courageous. Not many people will have the courage to leave their wealth behind and move on, on a road to nothing. Not knowing what's waiting for you, not knowing where you're going, not knowing whether you're going to succeed or not, and you leave a mansion behind, you leave everything of the best behind, and you just hope and pray to God you get to the other side and you're safe and you start from scratch again. And that day, it changed the whole story for me. It changed me in the story as well, because I've gone through quite a bit with this whole experience. Haven't slept for two years, one night properly, because they still jumped my fence. They tried everything and did everything to get me out of my home. The, the intimidation was at the next level. And um, he changed my whole view about me. And I realized if I want to use this story or put it to good use in my life and move on, I have to forgive myself for where I think I made the wrong decisions. And I need to forgive myself for moving away, leaving everything there that I thought was the wrong decision to make later on and just have peace and know that I've done the best I could and just move on from there. Find forgiveness in my heart and just move on. And that's literally what I've been doing. Not an easy path, but I'm there. Madeleine, if you, if people would like to reach out to you, how can they connect with you? They can connect on info at madeleinegomez.co.za. And would you make yourself available for public speaking events um, to assist other, to empower other women who have been scammed? I would love to. I do public speaking. Um, I do speak on the mindset because I believe not to focus on the topic or what happened to us, but try the, the change starts with your mindset. If you can get into your mindset and you can actually change that and, and bring that forward in new habits and new thinking, you can literally change your life from there. So, for women who's gone through that, I understand the pain, I understand the self-blame, I understand the losses. You lose your whole life, you lose family members, you lose friends. I lost friends. I had a lot of friends. I was very well known 
and people hang on to me for fame. I lost all of them when I needed support. I only had one friend left and she's got the heart of gold, doesn't own anything in life. And um, she supported me and my mum to the end. So you lose your friends because it's not comfortable for them anymore. And in my case, when they park on my driveway, they got harassed thereafter. So I eventually preferred the friends not to come to me so that they don't get harassed, so that they can stay safe. So the people, this syndicate isolated me literally. So I understand the isolation and I understand the hurt and disappointment. But the only way you can get through it literally is look at the, the blessings that came out of a situation. It doesn't matter how bad, there's always a blessing in there for you. And also change the mindset, not to focus on the negative, not to focus on what happened, but focus where you want to go from here on. Because I believe if we don't do that, and that's what happened to me, is I got caught up in a time warp where all I could do is focus on the story and all I could do is focus more on it and focus more on it. It isolated me more from other people because I didn't want to be with other people. I didn't see a future and I, I woke up tired because I was so tired of looking at this sad story and only when I went into my mindset and changed my mindset that my life started to change. Madeleine thank you so much for sharing your story and I'm going to I want to thank everyone who's watched us live today and anyone watching on the replay and I will um, implore you to please share this broadcast so that we can create awareness and um, so that we can help uplift and empower others who may currently be caught in this cycle of being defrauded or scammed. Madeleine, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for the opportunity, Bridget. It's a pleasure. From me, Bridget Lembender, in Cape Town, it's goodbye for now.